The mission of the Pennsylvania Department of Education is to ensure that every learner has access to a world-class education system. Welcome to PDE Presents, a podcast series for lifelong learners that's dedicated to elevating voices across the Commonwealth. And now your host, Noe Ortega. Welcome to PDE Presents. I'm your host, Noe Ortega. PDE Presents is part of a broader strategy by the Pennsylvania Department of Education aimed at changing the way we think and talk about the mission and outcomes of education in the Commonwealth and across the country. Through this strategy, the department aims to shine a spotlight on the greater public good and collective mission of education. This podcast invites school leaders, educators, and other stakeholders to participate in conversations that unpack contemporary topics in education with a focus on equity. My guest today is Joe Welch, an American history teacher from North Hills Middle School in Pittsburgh, who is the 2021 Pennsylvania Teacher of the Year. Congrats, Joe, and was previously named the 2019 National Middle Level Educator of the Year and Pennsylvania Social Studies Teacher of the Year. Joe is also recognized as a Gilder Lerman Institute Master Teacher and was recognized as Gilder Lerman's National History Teacher of the Year in 2018. An Apple Distinguished Educator and National Board Certified Teacher, Joe is a strong believer in bringing diverse stories, personal emotions, and community connections into his lessons, as well as fostering excitement for quality and engaging educational opportunities. Welcome to PDE Presents, Joe. Noe, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and uh, to have a conversation with you uh, today. Fantastic. Well, Joe, for those who might be meeting you virtually for the first time, what is something that you might be willing to share with our listeners about who who you are as a professional and how you approach the work? Uh, To to introduce myself, uh, I, I think when I think about what would define me as a professional, I think that I, in many ways, am no different than any other teacher that I'm always looking to bring life experiences of my own, uh, my own past, my own day-to-day life, and think about constantly how can I bring those into the classroom for two reasons, not only to allow students to see who I am as a professional, but also to, to give greater opportunities, uh, to, to bring those opportunities uh, into students, to connect them with organizations. Uh, but if I had to really think about how I would define that in terms of who I am as a professional, I, I think of two things. Well, first off, I'm a history teacher. So I think throughout our conversation, there's definitely gonna be a little bit of a bias of, of that history teacher side of me coming through. Uh, but I think back to, there's a, there's a line in the musical Hamilton and my, my students all know I'm obsessed with Hamilton, I'm obsessed with the musical. And the, the obscure line of it goes, if you have skin in the game, you stay in the game. But you don't get a win unless you play in the game. So I, I always had that in mind of, as a teacher, as a professional, how can I continue to grow myself, to keep myself invested, but then moreover, how can I provide students for uh, opportunities for students, for colleagues, uh, for, for families, to also to, to get involved, to stay in the game, uh, if you will. And, and I think that really defines my entire outlook of, of who I am as a teacher and as a professional. Appreciate that, Joe, and I appreciate the authenticity. I do think that uh, your reference to Hamilton and, and, and Broadway, it's generated a real interest in history by individuals that I hope really lives on. You know, the narrative is very interesting, and it's certainly a way to think about lived experiences, which I think very much are a part of history. I wonder if we could think a little bit about how we might be able to archive kind of a note of how the experiences 
of this past year, Joe, uh, have changed the educational landscape forever. Uh, and you know, what do you feel is one of the most pressing matters in the field of education that you think is going to continue for the coming decades, if not the next century? I mean, that, that's a great question. And, and to narrow it down to, to one issue, I think it's really difficult. Uh, and when I think about the question of, you know, how is this going to alter? What are the, the large issues shaping education, not just now, but in the future? Actually, I think back to a conversation I had right before, uh, about a month before uh, everything started to shut down in March of 2020. It was actually a conversation with a state legislator in, in February of 2020. And she asked, you know, what, what's the same exact question? What are four issues? You know, what if you, if I had to count on uh, four issues, the top four issues facing education, and I actually checked my notebook here and, and here's what I wrote down. And, and it's kind of interesting to, to look back. I wrote down student mental health, civics education, teacher recruitment, and engaging teachers of color and empowering teachers of color. And when I think about that, and of course, 2020 has been a momentous year, a challenging year, a difficult year in many, many different ways. But if I had to think back to what are the same three issues? Yes, they've been exacerbated. Yes, attention's been brought to them. But I think it does come back to those three things. You know, student mental health, it was important in February of 2020. It's even more important now. It, now there's just a greater, uh, I think, spotlight put on it. Uh, but what are we doing? Uh, these are uh, issues that are that have been there, um, but now are, are just magnified. Civics education, I, th I think everybody has, has, has recognized the importance of how are we going to develop citizens and how are we going to, uh, to develop uh, students that, that know how to analyze information, to think freely and for themselves and how are they going to obtain information? So I know I took your, the, the question there of, of is it one, one issue but uh, and, and I didn't even talk about teacher recruitment there, mm -hmm. but COVID and the entire COVID response really makes us think about largely, if I look at student mental health, civics education, teacher recruitment, and I could even throw in innovation and creativity and the importance of that over, over, uh, over testing. It all comes down to, I think what we are looking at in 2020 is a complete redefinition of, or at least a, an honest look of what is the purpose of education? Why are, why are we in this field? And, and what is our purpose of being educators? And, and, and to, uh, we often talk about the word, the whole child, but I, I think largely, what are we doing to develop the whole citizen that sees themselves not as just a singular person, but a person that's able to interact with others in the community? Appreciate that, Joe, and and I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. You know, in terms of mental health being an important aspect and ongoing one, I think that's one that I hope to see elevated uh, increase in interest from every stakeholder involved. But you're right when you think about the mission of education and the civics outcome. You know, I feel like the pandemic taught us a lesson, and that lesson is that the collective good matters when you're trying to navigate something. So I really do appreciate you elevating that as one of them, and. The teacher recruitment pipeline, you know, either if it's empowering educators of color or empowering all to understand uh, outcomes of equity, race, et cetera, are important as well. I wonder if you can share with our listeners, Joe, how does your equity lens inform and frame the work that you do each and every day in the classroom? It's another 
great question. And when I consider equity uh, or, or how equity would inform what I do on a daily basis, I, I think the first thing I need to realize is that I, I need to continue to grow. I need to continue to learn. And I think all educators, I think we, 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 we are on that pathway to doing so. Um, but if I could just share one quick experience that, that really opened my eyes uh, in, in many ways. And it's the, the first day of school. I, I started doing this, I think, two years ago. And again, going back to um, being a history teacher, I simply asked students a question. And, and it was, I would like you for the next 20 minutes to draw me a picture of what you think American history is. And students, they, they, you know, at first they, they seemed a little bit confused because it seemed like, hey, I'm not a great artist. And I said, you know, it's okay if you're not a great artist, if you, if, if you have outstanding artistical abilities, whatever it may be, just draw me a picture of what you think American history is. And the responses that I got afterwards, the next day, I, I just made a quick slideshow and I flashed up all these images of what students responded with. And why this was so telling is it not only opened my eyes, but when I showed these images back to students, I think this, this showed them that, hey, okay, I think we, we need to make some adjustments of how we're thinking and how we're approaching things. And I'm gonna take this beyond history in a second, but 80% of my responses were one of two men. People were defining American history by George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Only two students drew a woman, I mean, only two. And so for me, that, realized, that made me realize that I need to do whatever I can to help students change their perspectives of not just what history is, but uh, to, to offer that, that lens that, you know, when, when we think of equity and we're, and we're doing anything we can to provide pathways to allow students to bring their own lived experiences in, that, that's something that, 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 that we need to recognize that things need to change. Uh, and we need to be open to that change. And, and so much of that is about engaging everybody. So, I, that, I mean, that was a small narrative of what it looked like in, in my own classroom. But what does it look like on a daily basis? I, I think it's, it's flexibility. It, it's uh, allowing um, uh, students to, to, uh, to, to bring their own perspectives and recognizing their own perspectives and, and, and not to use the word honor uh, those perspectives, but to, to elevate those, those own student perspectives. You know, and it, it's also interesting in, in COVID, uh, the COVID response and COVID education plans, uh, simply just saying, well, we're going to give every student an iPad or every student a, a piece of technology, but we can't just stop with that. And, and I see that as a teacher every day where I have some students that, uh, you know, they're logging on in, in, to a Zoom call when we have virtual calls. And they say, Mr. Mr. Welch, I, I, I don't want to turn my camera on today because uh, I'm babysitting my, my two-year-old two niece. And, and so equity is, is going to come up in, in many, different, may, many different fashions. But as educators, I think we all just, we realize that. And that flexibility, as I said earlier, is a, is a main component of it. Um, but I, I kind of opened the question with this, that I, I am in no way an expert on, on equitable practices, but recognizing that, that we all are willing to learn and willing to, when we even need to, ask for help. Ask for help from experts and go to trainings and go to, to, um, to, to experts in the field. 
it's interesting that you, you know, you certainly model and expect self-reflective behavior from yourself and the students as well. And the vignette that you share with me, Joe, really makes me think about how much of yourself and the profession you see emerge from those drawings that these children wrote, right? Because in many ways, much of what they're understanding and meaning that they make of history and the events has everything to do with their educators and the societal context that they live in. And when that comes out, it's very telling of where we stand in terms of society and our understanding of what leadership in history may be. I wonder if you could tell me a little bit, Joe, about what maybe you uh, within your profession or now with this opportunity of National Teacher of the Year or your team at your school are doing to break down some of the barriers, maybe rethink or reconstruct the system of education and learning with equity at the forefront. Do you have some examples that uh, you could share with us? Sure. So when I think about, you know, what, what, are, what am I doing? And I often think of, well, what are we doing? It's, it's myself and other educators that are working as, as a team here, because I think none of this is done on an individual basis, responding to uh, the, the students' needs and equi- to, uh, with that lens of equity. But I think it really comes down to two things. How are we engaging organizations that are willing to help? And then number and two, I think a large part of that is how are we engaging with, with legislators uh, to, to make to make changes that are also needed. Um, but if I can just focus on that first one, engaging organizations uh, really early on, uh, actually this, this occurred this August, August and September, uh, our local PBS affiliate, WQED, uh, approached me and, and said, hey, you know, we, we're partnering with PDE uh, to, to look to put together some educational programming for students that may not have uh, internet access, that may not have uh, reliable technology. And really, it, it was a, a superstar effort of, of 12 area teachers. We, we pulled teachers from all throughout the western half of the state. And we, we were able to put together lessons, complete lessons, uh, that's, that's uh, whether or not you had technology at your fingertips, or you simply just had access to uh, basically WQED would, would provide uh, packets, if we will. And I, I don't like to use that term because packet sometimes has that negative connotation, right? Uh, but we went into WQED studios, the same studios where Mr. Rogers was filming lessons, actually. And we, we put together uh, full-length lessons over over the course of, of multiple weeks for for students at various age levels, from kindergarten, actually there are five different age groups uh, that are now accessible and they're broadcast over the way, uh, air, airwaves into the entire viewing footprint of WQED. But that type of partnership, uh, I, I think th- those opportunities are out there. Um, but it's important to recognize that a TV station and educators had to work together on that. Uh, and it's no different than a, a, another project uh, that I've been fortunate enough to, to be a part of uh, with Gilder Lehrman Institute of American History, also recognizing that, you, that, that many students, perhaps their, their history education um, uh, might not be at the, uh, shall we say, the, the forefront of, of some, some minds. Uh, and I was able to get together with history teachers from all across the United States and put together a history school for students. Uh, that, that airs weekly online and it's live. And, and it's so wonderful to have hundreds of students logging in to, to access a variety of topics, everything from uh, Black Lives in the Founding Era 
to the Cold War. So it's just a diverse array of topics that students may or may not be uh, have, find accessible in their own, own schools. Uh, and, and I know I'm being long-winded here, but so much of this comes back to, as I said, partnering with local organizations. And I just have to give a shout out to uh, in, in the local Western Pennsylvania area in Northern West Virginia region, Remake Learning uh, and, uh, and the work that they're doing uh, because uh, fortunately enough, uh, they're, they're supplying grants for teachers that want to innovate with a, with a lens on equity to break down some of these barriers that do, do exist. And so something that I'm excited to be rolling out here, uh, actually in the, the last month of the school year and into 2021 and 2022, uh, is that we're, it's to bring some of these uh, issues to the forefront. Uh, we were fortunate enough to receive a grant in my school uh, that, that's bringing a graphic design element to allow students to create, whether it's t-shirts, whether it's stickers, whether it, whatever it is that they are in control of um, and, and highlight social uh, justice issues, social awareness issues. Uh, but I think what what's really neat about that is students are going to be going to be the ones that decide what they're printing, um, uh, what their perspective is. But that doesn't happen again without uh, organizations that are willing to partner. Uh, and there are, there are so many wonderful organizations out there willing and ready to help. I appreciate you sharing those uh, examples, Joe, you know, and really, you know, what stands out to me is the ability to innovate in terms of ways to empower folks to use their voice, right, to make their own imprint on what matters and what's important. I think that's a really uh, important element. When I think about you coming on this podcast, the things that you talk about, your partnership with PD, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, not Pennsylvania Department of Education, but PBS, uh, and all the other things that come with your job that many would be would consider in addition to what the, you already have as expectations uh, to be there and present for your students. These things can be taxing. And then you factor in sort of societal things playing out, whether it's civil unrest or whether it's the pandemic, it's even more so, right? It's almost as if the example of the lived experience you shared in the classroom made you realize that you're now dealing with other parts of the individual that maybe weren't known to you prior to the pandemic. And these things can be exhausting. I wonder if you can share with our listeners, Joe, what do you do to keep balance <laughs> and maintain that, that folks can use as examples for uh, maintaining their own well-being as well? Another fantastic question. And I know folks that are listening to this right now, they, they can't see the smirk that I just had. But when you mentioned the word balance, uh, that's a constant struggle. I think that's a constant struggle for, for so many of us. But it's just, again, just like everything over 2020 and the start of 2021 has been an even greater challenge. You know, it's interesting. Um, when I was an early teacher, when, when I started teaching, I had the philosophy that I'm not going to turn down a single opportunity. I want to continue to grow. I want to be involved in anything as a young teacher, uh, with a teacher with less experience. I want to do whatever I can to learn from others, to be a part of organizations, to grow. But 2020 and 2021 has made me realize that as, uh, as, I'm, as I'm continuing my career, that, that it is vital to make, make priorities and realize that you can't do it all, that there are others that are willing to help you. There are others that, that you can engage with. There are others that are looking at, to, to build their own leadership capabilities and their own ways of getting more involved. So it's really been a shift for me personally 
and thank you for this question to, to reflect on that, that I go, I would really do. I went from somebody that, that would never say no, never turn down any opportunity to engage to, to then think, well, is this the best way that I can either create an opportunity for my students to enact change uh, beyond my classroom? Or is this something that perhaps uh, somebody else might be better suited to handle at this time? Uh, but with that comes this idea, and I always have in just completely dropping, dropping my shield, if you will, here, uh, that often has that fear of fear of missing out, that, that FOMO, if you will. But just being, being cognizant of that and realizing that it's okay to not be involved in everything. It's okay to, to, to have to say no, essentially. Uh, and because let's be honest. Uh, there are a lot of educators out there, and it's not limited to educators that are that are exhausted at this time. Uh, and and you know, 2021 is going to turn to 2022, and 22 is going to turn to 23, and so forth. And so, burning ourselves out in 2021, what does that do in 2022, and, and, and so forth? So that that's just uh, that's that this need to create healthy habits for ourselves and be willing. To, to really sustain our, ourselves beyond just our work, it, it's vitally important. And, and I think anybody would, would recognize that at this time. I appreciate that, Joe. And I think, you know, for me, the takeaway of what you just shared is that as you move into what became for you the era of saying no to some opportunities was less about just no and dismissive, but really rethinking through your kind of framework of whether or not it, you would be able to enhance or add value to something or someone else, or whether it's left for somebody else to be able to do. And I think that's a real important lesson. Joe, it's clear to me why, why you are the teacher of the year, you know, authentic leadership, a genuine care for the interest of your students, but the impact they have on others. And, you know, a continued interest on in finding ways to take what you do in the classroom and have impact across the profession. You know, I often say that as educators, it truly is a profession where you profess to make a difference, a genuine commitment to change the lives of others for an impact of society. And I think that's tremendous. So Joe, thank you for joining us today. And let me personally add, that it's been an absolute privilege talking with you. Um, and so looking forward to continue your interaction as well in the future. Thank you very much, Mr. Secretary. It, it, it really has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Fantastic. So I'm Noe Ortega, and thank you to all who joined us today for PDE Presents. Production and technical assistance provided by the Harrisburg branch of the Pennsylvania Training and Technical Assistance Network. <laughs>